0: hello everyone how do you do i hope you are well
1: (laughs) i don't know who this character is but i don't think i like him (laughs) i'm not sure i'm a fan of this guy (laughs) hello everyone it's so good to see you all (laughs) jade missy how y'all doing uh unfortunately i neglected to get my Streamlabs started or my my uh my monitoring uh over on over on the twitch dashboard so y'all are the first people i can see plague deity sander hello rose Hearthook, hook kerfos hello everyone kerfos good to see you sticking around it's good to see that uh you dropped in you saw some things and you decided you know what i'm, I'm sticking with it <laughs> jade says sounds like he's about to collect my taxes do you think that's it Hello, I'm here to collect the the bill is due. Hello, oh mm, yes, <laughs> I'm afraid so. Putty pong. Hello, I think that's a new one. I don't think I've seen the name Putty pong in in here before. How you doing, Missy? Glad you're enjoying it. Sandra, I see you over in the Discord as well. Y'all, how are you doing? I asked over in Discord uh, earlier this week who was everyone's favorite voice so far, and uh, I gotta ask at some point once we once we sort of get further along down the line, what's your favorite voice combined with your least favorite character? Because I think there are people like Mister D. They're like, oh, you 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 may love him, but I think a lot of people just sort of love to hate him. Um, and I think Mr. D, like Mr. D, definitely, we had some sound off for Mr. D as far as favorite voice goes over in Discord. Uh, Marin Vera says, uh, Hermes, Tyson, uh, but also Mr. D. Jem said, Mr. D, the one I love to hate. Um, Dahlia said, Tyson and Percy eventually grew on me, and my new favorite is Blackjack. Hey, uh, yeah, boys. Hey, uh, you know, we can go on a quick flight here, and I think it's all going to be fine. Oh, hey, boss. Uh, Orly Rose says Blackjack is way up there for me as well. I also like Talia. Interesting. I think Orly Rose, you're the first person to say Talia. (laughs) Apparently, this character is putting off some Disney villain vibes. Hey. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm here, says Vane Howlett. Hello. Hello, how do you do? Blackjack and Umbridge, says Tenacia. Oh, I see. Yes, of course. Dolores Umbridge. Yes. I'm glad Talia's making waves. I was—that was one I was really unsure about, but uh, I'm glad it's landing. Hello, everyone. I oh, hope you've had an excellent week so far. Um, this week. Guess where we are? Guess what we're up to? Well, uh, this week we are going to be reading chapters 13 and 14 of Percy Jackson and the Olympians' The Titan's Curse. Um, We're going to roll into that in just a moment here. But I want to say thank you all. Thank you all very, very much uh, for Tuesday. Thank you for showing up on Tuesday for uh, the side karaoke stream. That was a ton of fun. And if you don't know what I'm talking about there, I don't know how to help you unfortunately at this point I've kind of done what I can I mean I I threw it it was on Twitter it was on discord it was on Instagram Um, and I'll remind y'all discord really is that is the spot that is the spot if you want notifications so if you missed it i apologize it is currently here uh, on twitch um, but it's not going to be available for a while uh, it's not going to be available in like an edited form for quite a while uh, that's going to be on patreon for a bit because i really appreciate all of you folks who have been so generous and then uh and and y'all are y'all are kind of the people who are making it possible for me to take an extra sort of stream slot during my week um and then during book fair it's going to be released totally wide out so yeah, catch it on catch it on Twitch. I'm not gonna pull it down from Twitch before the the two weeks are up because I don't see a reason for that. So go check it out there. Um, and then uh, next time next time you're gonna be able to get your hands on it is either via Patreon or during Book Fair, because uh, yeah, what I'm doing right now is as I've mentioned a couple of times, I am releasing things early on Patreon, and then you'll be able to find them uh, on a wide release available to everyone. Because my patrons are helping me to make things for everyone uh you'll be able to find that as of book fair and then i'll then we'll start stockpiling again for the next book fair um yeah i was glad y'all could make it as well there was a pretty good turnout for that one it was a lot of fun uh i had a i had an absolute blast i wish i had ended it on a stronger song because i think my absolute weakest my absolute weakest song of the night was the very last one although i will say So yeah, TLC did not treat me right, but I will absolutely say I didn't fare so much better with Outcast. I, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, and I'm sorry to all of you for what I put you all through that night, that's all right. So thank you for coming Tuesday, everyone. Thank you for showing up on Wednesday as well, because right now we're in between campaigns, we're in between big shows uh, for our tabletop RPG sessions, and so I figured let's do some world building. We are currently working with the world of Recedus, and if you want to make your permanent mark on that world, I would definitely encourage you to uh, you can use the the um, uh, you can use the command Recedus. Uh, it is the word sidecar spelled backwards. Um, that is the, for anyone who doesn't know that, that might be a bit of a mind blower. Um, but you can use that, that, uh, to pop up the link and that will head over to the wiki. The wiki is where we've got most of the sort of formalized information. Right now, I'm giving people kind of a primer on all of the many ideas that Cass and I had while I was on vacation. Um, we had a ton of ideas. Basically, the world of Residus is uh, its a sort of a campfire of civilization. One giant magical metropolis in the center of a vast wilderness frontier. There's the city of towers. There is the frontier. And then there are the skies. And if you want to have a chance to sort of make your mark on that world, because we're doing a lot of world building. This is not something that's all set down in stone. We are building things. We're creating things over there. I would love to have you. Um, and then... Once it's done, um, or actually, I, I don't know who I'm joking with there. We're not going to wait till it's finished. That is going to be the setting of the long-form campaign that I plan to do next. So keep that in mind. You'll you'll be able to throw things into the world. Uh, you know, kind of imagine like a version of Critical Role that you get to help build the world beforehand, and also maybe participate in in a pretty interesting way. It's not going to be chat plays dungeon world, but I think for some, it might be even more interesting than that. I think for many, it will be more interesting than that, frankly. Um, but that's kind of, that's a bit of a secret right now. That's a bit of a secret. Plague Deity says, Oh, I do want to see the Cult of the Plague God. Um, I think that will be, there will be some sort of sub, uh, that could be a, a storyline of its own, frankly. Because I, I would love to do a, a cults campaign over in... <laughs> it's Carly, I'll caught up. Oh, fantastic! Putty Punk, I want to say you're... I thought it was Putty Pants before, right? If I remember correctly, Carly. Am I right about that? That's why I didn't recognize it. Um, All right, y'all, so thank you for showing up on Tuesday. Thank you for showing up on Wednesday. Uh, The Tuesday one, we're not going to see a side karaoke stream again until Book Fair. Wednesdays are going to be every week. Every week until... I mean, with probably a few exceptions. uh, Every week until I've got a new campaign booted up. So... There we go. Y'all, thank you for being there Tuesday. Thank you for Wednesday. Thank you for being here tonight. I am officially back from vacation, back on my old classic schedule, Tuesdays through Thursdays. Tuesday, Vintage Sidecar. We are reading some short stories. We just had, I think, like one of my favorite Vintage Sidecar streams ever. It was a uh, a, a short story stream. We're doing a few short stories before we jump into uh, Murder on the Orient Express and... I am just terribly excited because it went so well. We read a an Edgar Allan Poe short story, and then we read a uh, a Lovecraft short story. And I hope you will go check the vods out on that. They are still here on Twitch, so you can find them here on Twitch uh, until I've got them available somewhere else. I must admit to you all with all of the editing that I have to do to get the old back catalog up. Um, it's probably going to be a while before some of these newer things are on, Twitch or are on uh, Spotify. So I'm, I can promise you I'm working on them. Um, the earlier books who baby Harry Potter (laughs) books, one and two are what I've worked on so far and y'all some issues, some issues there. Those of you who have listened to those, I'm sure you are familiar already, but, um, those enormous pauses, I've had to take out a bunch of those, um, a lot of them, by the way, are as a result they were the, the product of me drinking it's, it's me taking drinks and then it's just this big like section, I really needed some noise to like indicate to you like hey, about to take a drink, that's why your stream is about to go silent for like 15 seconds straight Kirk, folks, I'm really glad you enjoyed Telltale Heart I think that was my favorite of the two, for sure uh, Sanders says you can upload to them to the drive unedited, that's actually a really excellent idea that's an excellent idea, Sander. Okay, I will I will begin doing that. Um, yep, and that will be very quick too. Y'all could okay, so y'all can expect me to begin uploading all of the uh, all of the remaining bits, everything that I've been accumulating. Um, those those are going to start ending up in the in the Google Drive. Why didn't I think of that already? Thank you, Sander. Thank you very much. So you can start finding those there. I would say I will get to some of it tonight. Probably not all of it and then uh yeah I might do some file organization in there as well. Um so expect to see that. Orly Rose, thank you very much for the Prime subscription. That is fantastic. Y'all who have Amazon Prime already, you've got a free subscription to somebody here on Twitch. Uh throw it at somebody who makes your week a little bit better cuz you will definitely make their week better. Rose, I appreciate it a ton. Uh Curfo says you're missing the section where Harry meets the Weasleys. It blanks out there. I'm missing a few sections. So yeah, back to this books 1 and 2 messy 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 what is that from is that a is that one of those it's one of the old like stop-motion christmas movies isn't it messy 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 i don't know i want to say it's like the heat miser or like uh burger master meister burger or what have you i don't know um they're absolutely terrible. Uh, the is Frosty the Snowman? Okay, cool. <laughs> thank you, Hearthook. Heart Hook, quick on the draw, thank you. Uh, and then Mystic Queen, you as well. Um, the uh, myriad issues, but I just came across chapter book two, chapters eight and nine. For whatever the heck reason, my voice is just pitched down a little bit. So the whole the whole book sounds like I'm reading it like this. What? Why? (laughs) I'm going to be able to pitch it up for the edit, but it's also, by virtue of that, it's got this weird little clipping effect. So, uh, I mean, basically the one thing that I've learned from all of this editing is that um, it's going slow, especially here at first. As I proceed through the books, I started to do that editing every single week instead, so I'm not doing nearly as much catch-up. And the second thing is, boy, I really got to restream those at some point, don't I? I really got to restream the Harry Potter series, and boy, oh boy, I would do it in a heartbeat, as soon as I got time. So, y'all, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate all of you, and I think I have riffed for long enough, don't you? I think it's about time we actually got into what we're here to talk about today, and that is Book Fair. I'm just kidding, but go over to Discord, suggest things for Book Fair. Last week is September, I gotta plug it at some point. So, review, what did we see last week? Here in this glorious book. And I will tell you all, we're only doing two chapters tonight because both of them are quite long. We had like a couple of 2,000 words, 2,500, 2,800 word chapters, and then we get hit with a 6,000 plus and then a 5,000 plus uh, right in a row. So chapters 13 and 14 tonight, but chapters 10, 11, and 12. Chapter 10, I break a few rocket ships. Chapter 11, Grover gets a Lamborghini. Chapter 12, I go snowboarding with a pig. Chapter 10, I break a few rocket ships. We were just kicking off um, a really hellacious fight. Um, Percy had overheard the general. He finally caught glimpse of this guy that's been sort of haunting their steps all over the place. Um, let's see... Jade says, "Can you set the? Can you set them? And I believe by them you probably mean the Harry Potter books as reruns on Twitch. I saw another channel doing that. I need to look into reruns because, frankly, I don't know very much about it, and it would probably be wise for me to do so, wouldn't it? For those for those folks who can't make it live, it would probably be good to have those available here, at, in some way. Frankly, the answer is I don't know, Jade. I'll have to dig into it. Um, but let me let me write it on my new whiteboard, which I've got right here next to the." Next to my desk now, I just attached it to the wall. Very exciting. Um, Alright, so... Percy gets started with this fight. Um, The big bad is the Nemean Lion. Uh, This is an enormous lion that uh, the general seems to have summoned from bones, maybe? From some kind of... it's hard to tell. Um, We do know that uh, from the... Uh, from the bones of... From the, the the teeth bones of a dragon, I guess? Uh, the general has summoned some skeletons, and these things are like bloodhounds. They're going to be able to hunt down whoever they've got the scent of, and, and Percy manages to prevent them from getting the scent of the main party, but instead, they end up with Percy's scent. So, looks like they're going to get a good track on the party anyway. The group has a big old fight especially with the Nemean Lion uh, here in the Air and Space Museum and it sort of pans out with Percy, with the combined efforts of the Hunters um, defeating this this lion. Not bad. Not bad, especially when uh, uh, the party didn't really know Percy was there just a moment ago. But now Percy's officially caught up. They have slain the lion. They've got a coat made out of its pelt that Percy is wearing. He's just not really sure what good it's going to do him. It's just sort of a big Duster, that's not really his style anyway. Um, but Zoe, who's currently acting as the leader of the Hunters, says, You know what? I guess you make five. As per usual, fate has uh, fate has decided for us what is going to happen. So, there we have it. Uh, there is there's one of our three chapters. Chapter 11, Grover gets a Lamborghini. A big sort of travel and talk chapter, as we often see. Um, in Harry Potter, a lot of the talky chapters... Um, a, I think they were they were sort of integrated into the action a little differently, um, but you would have often like a study and talk, or a detention and chat sort of uh, chapter. This one, uh, this this series, we see a lot of travel and chats, and uh, what we've got now is they end up on a train. This train sort of appeared mysteriously, but they're on the run from these skeletons, because they, they got the lion, they didn't get the skeletons. They are hanging out on this train that is transporting luxury cars and Percy manages to have a, a bit of a conversation with a couple of people. First, Talia. Talia is lamenting a number of things and Percy does not necessarily make it a lot better. They talk about the Mountain of Despair near San Francisco. That's the reason why a lot of um, uh, there are a lot of monsters there and for that reason, not a lot of heroes can survive in that territory. Um, he asks why she doesn't get along with Zoe, and she doesn't answer the the question very clearly, but it sounds like the hunters tried to recruit Talia at some point, but she would have had to leave Luke, so she decided not to join them. He sort of, he, he I think he offends her here, um, when, when he sort of brings up like, hey, I'm, eventually we're going to have to deal with Luke, and you may have to do something about him, even if it means killing him. So she gets frustrated, I think understandably so. Rightly so? I don't know, but certainly understandably so. And uh, mentions in passing, mentions sort of uh, as Percy departs that Annabeth wanted to join the hunters too, and maybe Percy should think about why that is. Well, he's not sure, but uh, he hops into uh, Grover's Lamborghini, where uh, Grover's just sort of riding this whole thing out, and the, uh, the, the system by which uh, they have made their way across a decent portion of the country here this train, this train that is carrying these luxury cars it did actually kind of appear out of nowhere uh, the homeless man that they met briefly before turns out it's Apollo Apollo is here he's not technically supposed to interfere but look, it's his sister that's in trouble he's going to do something about it finally, uh, Percy has a dream very, very strange. He's with a uh, a young woman, and he himself seems to be someone different. He he seems to be sort of like in the body of someone different in this dream. Um, the two of them are trying to sort of run away from something while also conspiring about something. Um, uh, something about Ladon, L-A-D-O-N. Uh, something about slaying Ladon, some sort of foe. Something about this young woman's father. In the end, this young woman does two things first of all well does one thing I uh, gives this hero who Percy is sort of like in the body of in this dream um, a, a hairpin and this hairpin becomes a sword and that sword is none other than Anaclusmos and finally we realize that this young woman is Zoe Nightshade and then Percy wakes up so there's some connection between Percy and Zoe Nightshade and Zoe is clearly much, much older than she seems. Finally, chapter 12, I go snowboarding with a pig. Um, they end up in Cloudcroft, New Mexico, a tiny little town up in the mountains of New Mexico, and it's snowing up there. It's lovely. It is just just delightful, a, a pleasant little day with pastries and coffee. Percy has a chance to talk to Bianca a little bit about why she joined the hunters, she just she really needed a chance to know what it was like to live not having to parent someone because she's very young and basically most of her life she has been the only parent that nico has they were told their parents were dead they don't really know who their parents are anyway and so being a demigod who knows who it could be she hasn't been claimed as far as we know um but this is interrupted when The skeletons show up. The skeletons show up, but so does Pan, apparently. Not in person, but sends what Grover calls a gift. This gift is this enormous, like, stories and stories tall, wild boar um, that is able to, A, wreck a bunch of uh, skeletons. Although Bianca is able to stab one and cause it to disintegrate like monsters do, but none of the rest of them seem to be able to. A little odd. Um... Finally, Grover decides... Well, we'll get into that in a moment here. But Grover decides uh, this gift is meant to be their ticket continuing west. And finally... That was a long one, wasn't it? That was a big old long recap. I'm going to check on chat for just a moment. And then uh, I would say we're starting the chat drop. ETA, like, two minutes. All right. Um, Let's see. Jade says you can set them to play as reruns. Um, And I... I am familiar with that. I th- I have seen it available to people who I would consider like about my level as a streamer, so I very well might have access to them. I am not sure. Um it just seemed like the sort of thing where I don't I don't I didn't know if people would dig it, but I don't know. Blake Deity says, uh, it sounds cool. I made this cult for a world before Oh, gotcha. Okay, this is this is Receita stuff. And yes, Dahlia is exactly correct. Um, you should indeed throw them into the uh throw them over in the discord because i take a look at those at at that discord um often frankly i'm looking at that discord all the time and uh yeah go ahead and put it in the realm of recita's channel over in discord let me let me pop uh, an invite in here really quickly because i think this will take you directly to that channel um so yeah if you got suggestions i want to hear them uh and then we will maybe sort of process them into the world uh on our wednesday streams so there we go folks thank you all very much for joining me y'all I hope you're having a wonderful week, as I always do, and I hope you will enjoy this. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titan's Curse, Chapter 13, We Visit the Junkyard of the Gods. We rode the boar until sunset, which was about as much as my back could take. Imagine riding... A giant steel brush over a bed of gravel all day. That's about as comfortable as the boar riding was. I have no idea how many miles we covered, but the mountains faded into the distance and were replaced by miles of flat, dry land. The grass and scrub brush got sparser until we were galloping... Do boars gallop? I don't know. ...across the desert. As night fell, the boar came to a stop at a creek bed and snorted. He started drinking all the muddy water and then ripped a seguro cactus out of the ground and chewed it, needles and all. This is as far as he will go, Grover said. We need to get off while he's eating. Nobody needed convincing. We slipped off the boar's back while he was busy ripping up the cacti. Then we waddled away as best we could with our saddle sores. After its third seguro and another drink of muddy water, the boar squealed, belched, and then whirled around and galloped back toward the east. "'It likes the mountains better,' I guessed. "'I can't blame it,' Talia said. "'Look.' Ahead of us was a two-lane road, covered in sand. On the other side of the road was a cluster of buildings too small to be a town. A boarded-up house, a taco shop that looked like it hadn't been opened since before Zoe Nightshade was born— and a white stucco post office, with a sign that said, Yela Claw, Arizona, hanging crooked above the door. Beyond that was a range of hills. But then I noticed they weren't regular hills. The countryside was too flat for that. The hills were enormous mounds of old cars, appliances, and other scrap metal. It was a junkyard that seemed to go on forever. Okay, whoa. "'I said. "'Something tells me that we're not going to find a car rental here,' Talia said. She looked at Grover. "'I don't suppose you've got another wild boar up your sleeve?' Grover was sniffing the wind, looking nervous. He fished out his acorns and threw them into the sand, and then played his pipes. They rearranged themselves in a pattern that made no sense to me, but Grover looked concerned.' That's us, he said. Those five nuts right there? Which one's me? I asked. The little deformed one, Zoe suggested. Oh, shut up. That cluster right there, Grover said, pointing to the left. That is trouble. A monster? Talia asked. Grover looked uneasy. I don't smell anything which doesn't make sense, but the acorns don't lie. Our next challenge— He pointed straight toward the junkyard. With the sunlight almost gone now, the hills of metal looked like something on an alien planet. We decided to camp. We decided to camp for the night and try the junkyard in the morning. None of us wanted to go dumpster diving in the dark. Zoe and Bianca produced five sleeping bags and foam mattresses out of their backpacks. I don't know how they did it, because the packs were tiny, but they must have been enchanted to hold so much stuff... I noticed their bows and quivers were also magic. I never really thought about it, but when the hunters needed them, they just appeared slung over their backs, and when they didn't, they were gone. The night got chilly fast, so Grover and I collected old boards from the ruined house, and Talia zapped them with an electric shock to start a campfire. Pretty soon, we were about as comfy as you could get in a run-down ghost town in the middle of nowhere. "'The stars are out,' Zoe said. "'She was right. There were millions of them, with no city lights to turn the sky orange.' "'Amazing,' Bianca said. "'I've never actually seen the Milky Way.' "'This is nothing,' Zoe said. "'In the old days, there were more. Whole constellations have disappeared because of human light pollution.' "'You talk like you're not human,' I said. Zoe raised an eye. "'I am a hunter. I care what happens to the wild places of the world. Can the same be said for thee?' "'For you,' Talia corrected. "'Not thee. But you use you for the beginning of a sentence. "'And for the end,' Talia said. "'No thou, no thee, just you.' Zoe threw up her hands in exasperation. "'I hate this language. It changes too often.' Grover sighed. He was still looking up at the stars, like he was thinking about the light pollution problem. "'If only Pan were here, he would set things right.' Zoe nodded sadly. "'Maybe it was the coffee,' Grover said. "'I was drinking coffee and the wind came. Maybe if I drank more coffee—' I was pretty sure coffee had nothing to do with what happened in Cloudcroft, but I didn't have the heart to tell Grover. I thought about the rubber rat and the tiny birds that had suddenly come to life when the wind blew. Grover, do you really think that was pain? I mean, I I know that you want it to be. He sent us help, Grover insisted. I don't know how or why, but it was his presence— After this quest is done, I'm going back to New Mexico and drinking a lot of coffee. It's the best lead we've gotten in 2,000 years. It was so close. I didn't answer. I didn't want to squash Grover's hopes. What I want to know, Talia said, looking at Bianca, is how you destroyed one of the zombies. There's a lot more out there somewhere. We need to figure out how to fight them. Bianca shook her head. I don't know. I just stabbed it, and it went up in flames. "'Maybe there's something special about your knife?' I said. "'It is the same as mine,' Zoe said. "'Celestial bronze, yes, but mine did not affect the warriors that way.' "'Maybe you gotta hit the skeletons in a certain spot,' I said. Bianca looked uncomfortable with everyone paying attention to her. "'Never mind,' I told her. "'What?' ''Never mind,'' Zoe told her. ''We will find the answer. In the meantime, we should plan our next move. When we get through this junkyard, we must continue west. If we can help find a road... If we can find a road, we can hitchhike to the nearest city. I think that would be Las Vegas.'' I was about to protest that Grover and I had had bad experiences in that town, But Bianca beat us to it. No, she said. Not there. She looked really freaked out, like she'd just been dropped off the steep end of a roller coaster. Zoe frowned. Why? Bianca took a shaky breath. I... I think we stayed there for a while, Nico and I, when we were traveling. And then... I can't remember... Suddenly, I had a really bad thought. I remembered what Bianca had told me about Nico and her staying in a hotel for a while. I met Grover's eyes, and I got the feeling he was thinking the same thing. Bianca, I said, that hotel that you were staying at, was it possibly called the Lotus Hotel and Casino? Her eyes widened. How could you know that? Oh great, I said. Wait, Talia said. What what's the lotus casino? A couple of years ago, I said, Grover, Annabeth and I got trapped there. It's designed so that you never want to leave. We stayed for uh, about an hour, and when we came out five days had passed. It makes time speed up. No, Bianca said. No, that's that's not possible. You said somebody came and got you out. I remembered. Yes. What did he look like? What did he say? I. I don't remember. Please, I really don't want to talk about any of this. Zoe sat forward, her eyebrows knit with concern. You said that Washington D.C. had changed when you were back. Well, 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 well. You said that Washington D.C. had changed. When you went back last summer, you don't remember the subway being there. Uh, Yes, but... Bianca, Zoe said, can you tell me the name of the President of the United States right now? Don't be silly, Bianca said. She told us the correct name of the President. And who was the President before that? Zoe asked. Bianca thought for a while... Roosevelt? Zoe swallowed. Theodore or Franklin? Franklin. Franklin? Bianca said. FDR? Like FDR Drive? I asked, because seriously, that's all I knew about FDR. Bianca? Zoe said. FDR was not the last president. That was about 70 years ago. That's impossible, Bianca said. I'm not that old. She stared at her hands as if to make sure that they weren't wrinkled. Talia's eyes turned sad. I guess she knew what it was like to get pulled out of time for a while. It's okay, Bianca. Bianca important thing is that you and nico are safe you made it out but how i said well, we were only in there for like an hour and we barely escaped how could you have escaped after being there for so long i told you bianca said looking like she was ready to cry a man came in and said it was time to leave and but who what did he do But, but who why did he do it Before she could answer, we were hit with a blazing light from down the road. The headlights of a car appeared out of nowhere. I was half hoping it was Apollo come to give us a ride again, but the engine was way too silent for the chariot ride. And besides, it was nighttime. We grabbed our sleeping bags and got out of the way as a deathly white limousine slid to a stop in front of us. The back door of the limo opened right next to me. Before I could step away, the point of a sword touched my throat. I heard the sound of Zoe and Bianca drawing their bows. As the owner of the sword got out of the car, I moved back very slowly. I had to, because he was pushing the point of the sword up underneath my chin. He smiled cruelly.
0: Uh, "'Not so
1: fast, are you, punk?' He was a big man with a crew cut, a black biker jacket, black jeans, white muscle shirt, and combat boots. Wrap-around shades hid his eyes, but I knew what was behind those glasses. Hollow sockets filled with flames. "'Ares!' I growled. The war god glanced at my friends.
0: Aries, people!'
1: He snapped his fingers, and their weapons fell to the ground. This is a friendly meeting. He dug the point of the blade a little further up my chin.
0: Of course I'd like to take your head for a trophy, but somebody wants to see you. And I never behead my enemies in front of a lady.
1: What lady? Talia asked. Ares looked over her.
0: Well, 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 well. I heard you were back.
1: He lowered his sword and pushed me away. "'Talia, daughter of Zeus,' Ares mused. "'You're not hanging out with very good company.' "'What's your business, Ares?' she said. "'Who's in the car?' Ares smiled, enjoying the attention.
0: "'Oh, well, I doubt she wants to meet the rest of you. Particularly not them.'
1: He jutted his chin toward
0: Zoe and Bianca. Why don't you all go get some tacos while you wait? It'll only take Percy a few minutes.
1: We will not leave him alone with thee, Lord Ares, Zoe said. Besides, Grover managed, the taco place is closed. Ares snapped his fingers again. The lights inside the taqueria suddenly blazed to life. The boards flew off the door the closed sign flipped to open
0: you were saying dope boy go on
1: i told my friends
0: i'll handle this
1: i tried to sound more confident than i felt i didn't think or oris ores. excuse me excuse me what now did i say annabeth fabriella did i say annabeth on accident I might have accidentally said Annabeth. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Go on. I told my friends,
0: "I'll handle this."
1: I tried to sound more confident than I felt. I don't think Ares was fooled. You are the boy, Ares said. He's old, big, and strong. He's
0: got things under control.
1: My friends reluctantly headed over to the taco restaurant. Ares regarded me with loathing then opened the limousine door like a chauffeur. Get inside, punk, he said,
0: and mind your manners. He's not as forgiving a rudeness as I am.
1: when I saw her, my jaw dropped. I forgot my name, I forgot where I was, I forgot how to speak in complete sentences. She was wearing a red satin dress, and her hair was curled in a cascade of ringlets. Her face was the most beautiful I had ever seen. Perfect makeup, dazzling eyes, a smile that would have lit up the dark side of the moon. Thinking back on it, I can't tell you who she looked like. Or even what color her hair or her eyes were. Pick the most beautiful actress you can think of. The goddess was ten times more beautiful than that. Pick your favorite hair color, eye color, whatever. The goddess had that. And then she smiled at me. Just for a moment, she looked a little like Annabeth. Then like this television actress i used to have a crush on in fifth grade and then you get the idea oh there you are percy the goddess said i am aphrodite i slipped into the seat across from her and said something like "I uh, dark, uh, she smiled aren't you sweet hold this please She handed me a polished mirror the size of a dinner plate and held it up. She handed me a polished mirror the size of a dinner plate and had me hold it up for her. She leaned forward and dabbed at her lipstick, though I couldn't see anything wrong with it. "'Do you know why you're here?' she asked. I wanted to respond. Why couldn't I form a complete sentence? She was only a lady. A seriously beautiful lady with eyes like pools of spring water. Whoa!' I pinched my own arm, hard. I, uh, I I don't know, I managed. Oh dear, Aphrodite said. Still in denial? Outside the car, I could hear Ares chuckling. I had the feeling he could hear every word we said. The idea of him being out there made me angry, and that helped to clear my mind. I don't know what you're talking about, I said. Well then. Why are you on this quest? Artemis has been captured? Aphrodite rolled her eyes. Oh Artemis, please talk about a hopeless case. I mean, if they were going to kidnap a goddess, she should be breathtakingly beautiful, don't you think? I pity the poor dears who have to imprison Artemis Boring. But she was chasing a monster I protested. A really, really bad monster. We we gotta go find it. Aphrodite made me hold the mirror a little higher. She seemed to have found a microscopic problem at the corner of her eye and dabbed at her mascara. Always some monster. But you, my dear Percy, that is why the others are on this quest. I'm more interested in you. My heart pounded. I didn't want to answer, but her eyes drew an answer right out of my mouth. Annabeth is in trouble. Aphrodite beamed. Exactly. I gotta help her, I said. I've been having these dreams. Oh, you even dream about it? It's so cute. No, I mean, uh, that's not what I meant. She made a... Percy, I'm on your side. I'm the reason you're here, after all. I I stared at her. What? What? The poison t-shirt that the Stoll Brothers gave to Phoebe? She said. Did you think that was an accident? Sending Blackjack to find you, helping you to sneak out of the camp? You did that? Of course. Because really, how boring these hunters are. A quest for some monster, blah, 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 saving Artemis. Let us stay lost, I say. But a quest for true love. Wait a second. I never said... Oh, my dear, you don't need to say it. You do know Annabeth was close to joining the hunters, don't you? I blushed. I wasn't sure... She was about to throw her life away. And you, my dear, you can save her from that. So romantic. Uh... Oh, put the mirror down, Aphrodite ordered. I look fine. I hadn't realized I was still holding it, but as soon as I put it down, I noticed my arms were sore. Now, listen, Percy, Aphrodite said, the hunters are your enemies. Forget them, and Artemis, and the monster. That's not important. You just concentrate on finding and saving Annabeth. Do you know where she is? Aphrodite waved her hand irritably. No, no, no! I leave the details to you, but it's been ages since we have had a good love story. There's a word I've missed out on there. I want to catch that one. No, no, no! I leave the details to you, but it's been ages since we've had a good tragic love story. Whoa! Okay. First of all, I never said anything about love, and second, what's up with tragic? Love conquers all, Aphrodite promised. Look at Helen and Paris. Did they let anything come between them? Didn't they start the Trojan War and get, like, thousands of people killed? That's not the point. Follow your heart. But I... I don't know what this... Shoot. But I don't know where it's going. My heart, I mean. She smiled sympathetically. She really was beautiful. And not just because she had a pretty face or anything. She believed in love so much it was impossible not to feel giddy when she talked about it. Not knowing is half the fun, Aphrodite said. Exquisitely painful, isn't it? Not being sure who you love, who loves you. Oh, you kids, it's so cute, I'm going to cry. No, no, I said. Don't do that. And don't worry, she said. I'm not going to let this be easy and boring for you. Now, I have some wonderful surprises in store. Anguish, indecision, just you wait. That's really okay, I told her. Don't go to any trouble. You are so cute. I wish all my daughters could break the heart of a boy as nice as you. Aphrodite's eyes were tearing up. Now oh, you better go, and do be careful in my husband's territory, Percy. Don't take anything, he is, awfully fussy about his trinkets and trash.'" "'What?' I asked. "'You mean Hephaestus?' But the car door opened, and Ares grabbed my shoulder, pulling me out of the car and back into the desert night." My audience with the goddess of love was over. (laughs) Blue haired hobo, A, cool name, B. Good to see you. I don't think I recognize that name. It's scratching something, so I might have before. This one I'm not sure about. It's good to see you, but third, All You Need Is Love and All The Small Things would be a fantastic remix if you could manage it. If you do, I need you to come back here and link it for us. I need you, I need you to make that happen, because that would be very, very good. All right. Back into it.
0: Hey, you're lucky, punk.
1: Ares pushed me away from the limo.
0: You would be grateful. For what? That we're being so nice. If it was up to me.
1: So why haven't you killed me? I shot back. It was a stupid thing to say to the god of war, but being around him always made me feel angry and reckless. Ares nodded, like I'd finally said something intelligent.
0: <laughs> I'd love to kill you. Seriously, he said. See, I got a... I got a situation. Word on Olympus is that you might start the biggest war in history. I can't risk messing that up. Besides, everybody thinks you're some kind of soap opera star or something. i kill you that makes me look bad with her. But you don't worry. I haven't forgotten my promise. Someday soon, kid... Real soon, you're going to raise your sword to fight, and you're going to remember the wrath of Ares.
1: I balled my fists. Why wait? I beat you once. How's that ankle healing up? He grinned crookedly.
0: Not bad, punk, but you've got nothing on the master of taunts. I'll start the fight when I'm good and ready. Till then get lost
1: he snapped his fingers and the world did a 360 spinning in a cloud of red dust i fell to the ground when i stood up again the limousine was gone the road the taco restaurant the whole town of gila claw was gone my friends and i were standing in the middle of the junkyard mountains of scrap metal stretched out in every direction What did she want with you? Bianca asked once I told him about Aphrodite. I'm not sure. I lied. She said to be careful in her husband's junkyard. She said not to pick anything up. Zoe narrowed her eyes. The goddess of love would not make a special trip to tell thee that. Be careful, Percy. Aphrodite has led many heroes astray. "'And for once, I agree with Zoe,' Talia said. "'He can't trust Aphrodite.' Grover was looking at me funny. Being empathic and all, he could usually read my emotions, and I got the feeling he knew exactly what Aphrodite had talked to me about. "'So,' I said, anxious to change the subject, "'how do we get out of here?' "'That way,' Zoe said. "'That is West. "'How can you tell?' In the light in the light of the full moon, I was surprised how well I could see her roll her eyes at me. Ursa uh, Major is in the north, she said, which means that must be west. She pointed west, and then at the northern constellation, which was hard to make out because there were so many other stars. Oh, yeah, I said. The bear thing. Zoe looked offended. Show some... Respect. It was a fine bear. A worthy opponent. You act like it was real. Guys! Grover broke in. Look! We'd reached the crest of a junk mountain. Piles of metal objects glinted in the moonlight. Broken heads of bronze horses, metal legs from human statues, smashed chariots, tons of shields and swords and other weapons, along with more modern stuff, like cars that gleamed gold and silver, refrigerators, washing machines, and computer monitors. Whoa, Bianca said, that stuff, some of it looks like real gold. Eh, it is, Talia said grimly. Lord Percy said, don't touch anything. This is the junkyard of the gods. Junk? Grover picked up a beautiful crown made of gold, silver, and jewels— It was broken on one side, as if it had been split by an axe. "'You call this junk?' He bit off a point and began to chew. "'It's delicious!' Talia swatted the crown out of his hands. "'I'm serious?' "'Look,' Bianca said. She raced down the hill, tripping over bronze coils and golden plates. She picked up a bow that glowed silver in the moonlight. "'A hunter's bow!' She yelped in surprise as the bow began to shrink and became a hair clip, shaped like a crescent moon. It's just like Percy's sword. Zoe's face was grim. Leave it, Bianca. But it is here for a reason. Anything thrown away in this junkyard must stay in this yard. It is defective or cursed. Bianca reluctantly set the hair clip down. "'I don't like this place,' Talia said. She gripped the shaft of her spear. "'You think we're going to get attacked by killer refrigerators?' I asked. She gave me a hard look. "Zoe's right, Percy. Things get thrown away here for a reason now. Come on, let's get across the yard.' "'That's the second time you agreed with Zoe,' I muttered, but Talia ignored me. "'We started picking our way through the hills and valleys of junk.' The stuff seemed to go on forever, as if it hadn't... The stuff seemed to go on forever. And if it hadn't been for Ursa Major, we would have gotten lost. All the hills pretty much looked the same. I'd like to say we left the stuff alone, but there was too much cool junk not to check out some of it. I found an electric guitar shaped like Apollo's lyre that was so sweet, I had to pick it up. Grover found a broken tree made out of metal. It had been chopped to pieces, but some of the branches still had golden birds in them. They whirred around when Grover picked them up, trying to flap their wings. Finally, we saw the edge of the junkyard, about a half a mile in front of us, the lights of a highway stretching through the desert. But between us and the road... What is that? Bianca gasped. Ahead of us was a hill, much bigger and longer than the others. It was like a metal mesa, the length of a football field and as tall as goalposts. At the under-end of... At one end of the mesa was a row of ten thick metal columns, wedged tightly together. Bianca frowned. They look like... Does? Grover said. Bianca nodded really really large toes zoe and talia exchanged nervous looks it's um let's go around talia said far around but the road is like right over there i protested it's quicker to climb over Bing! talia hefted her spear and zoe drew her bow but then i realized it was only grover he had thrown a piece of scrap metal at the toes and hit one, making a deep echo as if the column was hollow. Why did you do that? Zoe demanded. Grover cringed. I don't know. Uh, I, I uh, don't like fake feet. Come on. Talia looked at me. Around. I've got to sneeze. <coughs> 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 Pardon me? I didn't argue. The toes were starting to freak me out, too. I mean, who sculpts ten foot tall metal toes and sticks them in a junkyard? After several minutes of walking, we finally stepped onto the highway, an abandoned but well lit stretch of black asphalt. We made it. We made it out, Zoe said. Thank the gods but apparently, the gods didn't want to be thanked. At that moment, I heard a sound like a thousand trash compactors crushing metal. I whirled around. Behind us, the scrap mountain was boiling, rising up. The ten toes tilted over, and I realized why they looked like toes. They were toes. The thing that rose from the metal was a bronze giant in full Greek battle armor. It was impossibly tall, a skyscraper with legs and arms. He gleamed wickedly in the moonlight. He looked down at us, and his face was deformed. The left side was partially melted off, his joints creaked with rust, and across his armored chest, written in thick dust by some giant finger, were the words, "'Wash me.'" Talos, Zoe gasped. Who, who's Talos? I stammered. <laughs> I stammered about it. That's I stuttered and I stammered. But if you try to say the words at the same time, it comes out bad. Who, who's Talos? I stuttered. One of Hephaestus's creations. Man, I gotta get on my game. Hold on. One of Hephaestus's creations, Talia said. But that can't be the original. It's too small prototype maybe defective model the metal giant didn't like the word defective he moved one hand to his sword belt and drew his weapon the sound of it coming out of its sheath was horrible metal screeching against metal the blade was a hundred feet long easy it looked rusty and dull but i didn't figure that would matter getting hit with that thing would be like getting hit with a battleship someone took something zoe said who took something she stared accusingly at me i shook my head i'm a lot of things but i'm not a thief bianca didn't say anything i could swear she looked guilty but i didn't have time to think about it because the giant defective talos took one step toward us closing half the distance and making the ground shake run grover helped
0: "'Run!'
1: Grover yelped. "'Great advice, except it was hopeless. "'At a leisurely stroll, this thing could outdistance us easily. "'We split up, the way that we had done with the Nimean lion. "'Talia drew her shield and held it up as she ran down the highway. "'The giant swung his sword and took out a row of power lines, "'which exploded in sparks and scattered across Talia's path. "'Zoe's arrows whistled toward the creature's face, "'but shattered harmlessly against the metal.' Grover brayed like a baby goat and went climbing up a mountain of metal. Bianca and I ended up next to each other, hiding behind a broken chariot. You took something, I said. That bow! No, she said, but her voice was quivering. Give it back, I said. Throw it down! I didn't take the bow. Besides, it's too late. Well, what did you take? "'Before she could answer, I heard a massive creaking noise, "'and a shadow blotted out the sky. "'Move!' "'I tore down the hill, Bianca right next to me, "'as the foot, as the giant's foot smashed a crater in the ground "'where we had been hiding. "'Hey, Thanos!' "'Grover yelled, but the monster raised his sword, "'looking down at Bianca and me. "'Grover played a quick melody on his pipes. "'Over at the highway, the downed power lines began to dance.' I understood what Grover was doing a split second before it happened. One of the poles with the power lines still attached flew toward Talos's back and wrapped around the back of his calf. The lines sparked and sent a bolt of electricity up the giant's backside. Talos whirled around, creaking and sparking. Grover had bought us a few seconds. Come on, I told Talia. Dang it. Come on, I told Bianca. But she stayed frozen. From her pocket, she took out a small metal figurine, a statue of a god. It, it was for Nico. It was the only statue he didn't have. How can you think about myth of magic at a time like this? I said. There were tears in her eyes. Throw it down, I said. Maybe the giant's going to leave us alone. She dropped it reluctantly. But nothing happened. The giant kept coming after Grover. It stabbed its sword into a junk hill, missing Grover by a few feet, but scrap metal made an avalanche over him, and then I couldn't see him anymore. "'No!' Talia yelled. She gripped her spear, pointed it, and a blue arc of electricity bolted out, hitting the monster in its rusty knee, which buckled. The giant collapsed, but immediately started to rise again. It was hard to tell if it could feel anything.' There weren't any emotions in its half-melted face, but I got the sense that it was about as ticked off as a twenty-story tall metal warrior could be. He raised his foot to stomp, and I saw that his sole was treaded, like the bottom of a sneaker. There was a hole in his heel, like a large manhole, and there were red words painted around it, which I deciphered only after the foot came down, for maintenance only. Oh, crazy idea time, I said. Bianca looked at me nervously. Anything. I told her about the maintenance hatch. There must be a way to control the thing. Switches or something. I'm going to get inside. How? You'll have to stand under its foot. You'll be crushed. Distracted, I said. I'll just have to time it right. Bianca's jaw tightened. No. I'll go. You can't. You're new at this. You're going to die it's my fault the monster came after us she said it's my responsibility here she picked up the little god statue and pressed it into my hand if anything happens give that to nico tell him tell him i'm sorry bianca no but she wasn't waiting for me she charged at the monster's left foot Talia had its attention for the moment. She learned that the giant was a bit slow, even if it was big. If you could stay close to it and not get smashed, you could run around it and stay alive. At least, it was working so far. Bianca got right next to the giant's foot, trying to balance herself on the metal scraps that swayed and shifted with his weight. Zoe yelled, What are you doing? Get it to raise its foot, she said. Zoe shot an arrow toward the monster's face and it flew right into one nostril. The giant straightened and shook its head. ''Hey, hey, junk boy!'' I yelled. ''Down here!'' I ran up to its big toe and stabbed it with Riptide. The magic blade cut a gash in the bronze. Unfortunately, my plan worked. Talos looked down at me and raised his foot to squash me like a bug. I didn't see what Bianca was doing. I had to turn and run. The foot came down about two inches behind me, and I was knocked into the air. I hit something hard and sat up, dazed. I'd been thrown into an Olympic... Well, I'd been thrown into an Olympus air refrigerator. The monster was about to finish me off, but Grover somehow dug himself out of the junk pile. He played his pipes frantically, and his music sent another power line pole whacking against Talos's thigh. The monster turned. Grover should have run, but he must have been too exhausted from the magic. He took two steps, fell, and didn't get back up. Grover! Talia and I both ran toward him, but I knew we would be too late. The monster raised his sword to smash Grover. Then he froze. Talos cocked his head to one side like he was hearing strange new music. He started moving his arms and legs in a weird way, doing the funky chicken, and then he made a fist and punched himself in the face. "'Go, Bianca!' I yelled. Zoe looked horrified. "'She is inside?' The monster staggered around, and I realized we were still in danger. Talia and I grabbed Grover and ran with him toward the highway. Zoe was already ahead of us. She yelled, "'How will Bianca get out?' The giant hit itself in the head again and dropped his sword." A shudder ran through his whole body, and he staggered toward the power lines.
0: "'Look out!'
1: I yelled, but it was too late. The giant's ankle snared the lines, and blue flickers of electricity shot up his body. I hoped the inside was insulated. I had no idea what was going on in there. The giant careened back into the junkyard. His right hand fell off, landing in the scrap metal with a horrible clang. His left arm came loose, too. He was falling apart at the joints. Talos began to run. Wait! Zoe yelled. We ran after him, but there was no way we could keep up. Pieces of the robot kept falling off, getting in our way. The giant crumbled from the top down. His head, his chest, and finally his legs collapsed. When we reached the wreckage, we searched frantically, calling Bianca's name. We crawled around the vast hollow pieces and the legs and the head. We searched until the sun started to rise with no luck. Zoe sat down and wept. I was stunned to see her cry. Talia yelled in rage and impaled her sword in the giant's smashed face. We can keep searching, I said. It's light now. we'll find her. No, we won't. Grover said miserably. It happened just as it was supposed to. What are you talking about? I demanded. He looked up at me with big, watery eyes. The prophecy shoot the prophecy. One
0: shall be lost in the land without rain.
1: Why hadn't I seen it? Why had I let her go instead of me? Here we were in the desert, and Bianca d'Angelo was gone. And there we have the end of our first of two chapters for the evening, y'all. I hope you are doing well. Uh, blue-haired hobo <laughs> says, "Good to see you hydrating well." Thank you, hobo. Do you prefer like Do you prefer blue or do you prefer hobo? Which one would you prefer to go by? <laughs> I mean, I typically just choose like whatever the whatever the the final note is. Whatever the actual thing that's being described, but hey, whatever you like. All right. Uh, Sandra says the key word is lost. Lost is not dead. Now, I think there may be something to that, Sandra. We shall have to find out. Everyone, my name is Sam. This is Sidecar Stories. If you are joining us late, I will be doing a quick recap of this chapter before we move on to the next chapter. So never you fear. for those of you who have been listening for a while, I thank you very, very much. Thank you all for being here. Um, it's been... a. have <laughs> got the door, like, mostly shut because I'm trying not to let all the cold air out of the room because this is the only room that I tend to air condition. It's hot in Southern California, gang. Who would have guessed it? Uh, I try to keep the air conditioning in, and so I leave the door just open enough that the cats can get out, and sometimes... I leave it open maybe slightly less than the cats can get out. So they have to, like, push against the door with the shoe that I've got pushed behind it. So I just watched Clover, like, fighting the door. Pretty good stuff. Y'all, I'm going to give you a quick chatter break question. I'm going to take a five-minute break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to discuss everything that we just went through there. All right? You like the sound of that? I hope you do, because that's the plan. <laughs> all right. So, a new god in the mix. New goddess, technically. Um... Uh, although I, I do kind of wonder if it's like actor this is how I use it over in Residus by the way, there are gods, there are goddesses, etc, but it all falls under the term god, I, I sort of consider it like the word actor like, we can we can do away with the gender specific ones, it's all just actors um, and so it's all just gods uh, we have got Aphrodite in the mix <laughs> yeah, Dahlia Clover, Clover the crooner that's what we'll call her. Um, we've got, we have got Aphrodite in the mix, and she is presenting something that I don't think we've been hit with at all before, right? She's presenting this entirely new, strange perspective that, and and we'll talk about her prejudices when I come back. But she has presented this this alternative help, right? Percy's been running with the hunters for a while, has been out here to. You know, his own personal motivation is to save Annabeth, but he's with the rest of the group and they're out to save Artemis for sure. I think Percy accepts that as part of his mission as well, entirely. And then Aphrodite shows up. And Aphrodite actually says, the hunters are not your friends. Typically when we hear that, that means that they are enemies. I would like you all to Put in chat for our chatterbreak question. What is the foreshadowing that we have just gotten from Aphrodite? Aphrodite's foreshadowing something. What is it? And why? For bonus points that aren't real, for non existent bonus points, why? All right. What is Aphrodite foreshadowing? With this discussion that they have in that white taxi. All right, not a taxi. Dang it, limousine. There we go, nailed it. I wonder if it was a Hummer limo. I'll be back in five minutes. Goodbye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So, just let's say hi for a moment. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna take a moment. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pause for just a second i'm gonna say hi to my good good folks over in discord over in twitch dahlia sander joseph hartzler deb deb b p a hello i think that's a new name i haven't seen in here before and then louise louise of course that's a name i've seen in here before louise i hope you're doing well i hope everyone's safe i hope all the uh all the aminals are doing good <laughs> i hope uh you and your goats are are piled high in your van, because that was a very funny photo that you sent over in the Discord, and then an even funnier quote that your, <laughs> your goats would follow you into Valhalla if you had a bag of chips to crinkle at them. <laughs> a very, very good line. Uh, credit goes to Luis the Goat Lady on that one. Who better? <laughs> who, who else could it be? Uh, that's some ace stuff right there, and I hope you... I hope you... Honestly, I hope you... <laughs> you write some of these things that would be wonderful. okay let's see i mean i'm trying I'm, I'm just riffing while i'm trying to find the right chat there we go okay i went i went <laughs> and found the other one i found the uh i found our our very good Luis quote and then i was trying to find my way back to the main quote and i couldn't do it Or right, to the to the main chat meanwhile hobo rose sander how y'all doing dahlia um let's see vain Howlett. What are y'all up to? What are y'all up to this week? I didn't get a great sense earlier on. Uh, Kerfos, hello. Kerfos says, do we think she's going to show up later in the book like Tyson did in the last book? Possibly. Yeah, we got that, they had that separation from Tyson, and then all of a sudden, yep, there's Tyson back again. Back in the mix. All right. Now, let's see about the Chatterbreak question. Chatterbreak question was... Good questions, says Dahlia. Thank you. I'm hoping it went over well. The question was this foreshadowing from uh um uh from Aphrodite, what do we think it means? Hmm then? What do we think? What do we think of all of this? Um here's the deal. Uh, let's see Who, who's got a good one uh, Sandra says what would happen if a child of the god of the underworld would die can they just go to dad and ask to come back again interesting Rose says I think she's foreshadowing what monster slash trial is coming in saving Annabeth I think her why is because she's the goddess of love and is resentful of the hunters as the symbol of rejection rejection the antithesis of what she is they defy her very core They could they could and and i think the the like this series was written just just at the very edge of a time period in which i think we could we could like uh, it's no longer safe to assume right that that just because no boys allowed doesn't mean it's not going to be like uh you know doesn't mean that there won't be some like romantic connections within there it was written just on the edge of that um, so I mean, you know, it, it, it will be interesting to find out if that's why. I certainly think there's something to that because I I do think that the intent overall is not no boys. It's this the the, the sort of like the the underlying motivation behind this rule that Artemis has in place is that sort of that, that worldly connection um, that that being bound to someone else someone that might need to be protected or at the very least one might need to worry about and not being able to sort of throw oneself directly into the hunt I think overall that's probably the the intent behind this no boys rule and as far as that goes yeah I think that that is pretty antithetical to what Artemis what um, uh, Aphrodites whole thing is as goddess of love uh, Dahlia says according to YA story arcs she hopefully isn't dead but will make it back somehow same with Annabeth they haven't really dealt with true death much in this series but if true death is coming in the series my guess is now's about the time such a finality would be introduced indeed Dahlia <laughs> Dahlia playing the meta playing the meta hard um, The oh and you said it right there yep T.L.D.R. they could be either alive or dead the meta analysis is undetermined Indeed, Dahlia, and I mean that's it's you are you are pulling on the history of the genre, and I think that is smart. It's a it's a an interesting thing to do, especially when you are doing any sort of literary analysis. To, analysis to say, okay, we've got this, we've got this thing set up that they don't really deal with true death toward the beginning, and sometimes they get into it toward the you know midway or toward the end, and then you can compare and see when do they do that and. How do they sort of match up with the expectations versus the times when they don't match the expectations, and what effect does that have? Rose says, "I think Bianca's dead and stays dead, so she has some other interaction with her dad and maybe gets to finally experience something with him." Interesting. So she's gone home. Dolly said, "Schrodinger's demigods, if you will." <laughs> Hollow says, "It seems like Aphrodite doesn't care about Percy, but supports his love for Annabeth, and I agree that Artemis and her followers would be anathema to her." Good word and antithesis and anathema. Y'all got some good ones, Rose, Orly Rose, and uh, Hobo. Good stuff today, y'all. um Sandra says uh, we got to learn something about her just before killing her makes it always harder. Yeah, we we started to understand some of her motivations a little bit more. We we saw a particularly painful moment where this whole thing sort of got kicked off because she was thinking about her brother. Ooh, ooh, right in the guts. <laughs> <laughs> Vane says uh, with Tyson they made it almost clear he was dead and gone and then boom he's back this time she's just gone like smoke in the wind absolutely yeah she just disappeared um, ooh who do we got Vane Howlett Vane Howlett's birthday is tomorrow alright Vane Howlett who's going to sing you happy birthday right now that's the question Um, uh, let's see Historia Plastis. Hello and welcome. I don't think I've seen that name in here before. You just sort of popped in, so I'm guessing you're a, a lurker, which is, as I've said before, totally fine. It's okay to be quiet in the library. I do not mind this, but it's good to see you here. Happy birthday, Vane. Um, and yeah, what... what who, who's going to sing the song before we get started on our review here? Um, and also, what is the name I should actually call you? Should I call you Vane? Should I call you Howlett? Which one? Should I, should I call you Four Twenty? Louis says, "Thank you, Sam. We're safe for now. Motorhome should be here tomorrow night or Saturday, and I will load it, except for the animals, which, as you mentioned, is easy when the time comes to get out of here." Okay, good. All right. The in, the, the the cavalry's incoming. <laughs> oh boy oh boy okay actually i'll do it after the review so Vane hell you go ahead and let me know and uh and then i will i will duck in with that in just a moment okay so a bit of review from uh from our last chapter last chapter chapter 13 entitled we visit the junkyard of the gods two big scenes in this one. First, they are sort of traveling cross country um once again a bit a little bit of a traveling chat um we end up, uh, the, the the boar is finished off, right? We, we're we done with the boar. The boar has gone back to the east. The journey with the boar is done. But now they're in the middle of the desert. They, they come to this big, a, a tiny town with a huge junkyard. And they see the junkyard over to one side. The tiny town is very quiet. Seems to be kind of a ghost town. And then somebody rolls up. None other than aries sorry i should mention before that we find out why bianca seems a little odd especially you know talking about like the passage of time turns out bianca and um uh, bianca and nico were staying at the lotus casino in las vegas and they were probably i mean they were there since the let's see for about what 70 years is that right is that right since fdr Hold on. When was FDR? Uh, let's see. Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, Till his death in 1945. Uh, served as the president from 1933 till 1945. That seems long, doesn't it? How's my math on that? American politician who served as the... As the I guess he was a politician for that time, maybe? I don't know. Um, but FDR, yeah. Yeah uh, born, died, height, it really, hmm, really doesn't give me the, hmm, really, hmm, doesn't give me the old, hmm, 36, okay, so 1936, um, so yeah, like, close to about, yeah, about 80, 70, 80 years, so, there we go, 70, 80 years, And uh, that is why things seem so strange. Things seem very strange timing-wise. Then this big white limo pulls up. And who's inside? Turns out it is Ares, but it's not Ares we're here to talk to. Turns out Ares' boo, Ares' fling, Aphrodite, wants to talk to Percy. And says that the hunters are not really Percy's friends. And really the important thing is not to rescue... Artemis, but to rescue Annabeth, because their love means something. We talked a little bit about that foreshadowing just a moment ago. And finally, uh, at the end of all this, uh, he is released. Um, The ghost town goes back to being a ghost town, and they have to traverse this enormous junk pile, Um, according to Grover, at least. They head through Um, They're not supposed to take anything, but Bianca does, something for her brother. And uh, a metal monstrosity wakes up. It's enormous, stories and stories tall, with a hundred foot sword, and it goes poorly for them. They are fighting this thing, it's kind of hopeless, until uh, this thing's called Talos, T-A-L-O-S, they realize there's this sort of like maybe a a little way in in the foot and so Percy's gonna run in but Bianca does it first and then she gets inside she causes this Talos thing to just beat up on itself until it falls apart and then Bianca's lost they don't know what happened to her she's just disappeared as far as they can tell it's the end of our chapter as we go into our new chapter so everyone I hope you will enjoy uh this coming chapter um but first Vane says why do I feel like Percy and Nico bump into each other in the Lotus um they very well may have indeed but uh yeah Vane who am I singing this song as who am I singing happy birthday as I'll call you Vane but who am I supposed to sing as Uh, Dali says, by the way, Talos Principle is an incredible game. I cannot recommend it enough. If I remember correctly, I agree with you. Talos Principle... Why do I... Apparently, there's somewhere in my search history is Talos Principle Woosh. I don't know what that means. It certainly looks interesting. It, It reminds me... Is that the... Is this the, like, Puzzle Island Extreme? If I remember correctly... But yeah, it's got uh, it's got some, like, a little bit of Halo flavor, a little bit of, um, uh, like, uh, Portal flavor, for sure. Mr. D. Oh, please let me do Mr. D. <laughs> I don't think I have someone as Mr. D yet. All right, here we go. Vane, thank you very much for watching. I hope you have an excellent birthday tomorrow. I will not be streaming tomorrow, so I'm going to sing it to you now. Oh, it's your birthday, is it? Eh, uh, well... Should have seen it coming. Another year gone. Whatever. Uh, happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday, dear Vane. Or whatever your name is. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Snow. Alright, get lost. How's that? Does that work out okay? Vane, happy birthday. Yo, I hope you enjoy our next chapter. Our final chapter for the evening, chapter 14. I have a damn problem. At the edge of the dump, we found a tow truck, so old it might have been thrown away itself. But the engine started, and it had a full tank of gas, so we decided to borrow it. Talia drove. She didn't seem as stunned as Grover or me. Skeletons are still out there, she reminded us. We gotta keep moving. She navigated us through the desert, under clear blue skies, the sand so bright it hurt to look at. Zoe sat up front with Talia. Grover and I sat in the pickup bed, leaned against the tow wrench. The air was cool and dry, but the nice weather just seemed like an insult after losing Bianca. My hand closed around the little figurine that had cost her her life. I still couldn't even tell what god it was supposed to be. Nico would know. Oh, Gods! What was I going to tell Nico? I wanted to believe that Bianca was still alive somewhere, but I got a bad feeling she was gone for good. It should have been me, I said. I should have gone into the giant. Don't say that, Grover panicked. It's bad enough that Annabeth is gone and now Bianca, do you think that I could stand it if... Do you think anyone else would want to be my best friend? Oh, Grover, he wiped under his eyes with an oily cloth that left his face grimy, like he had on war paint. I'm okay. But he wasn't okay. Ever since the encounter in New Mexico, whatever had happened when that wild wind blew through, he seemed really fragile, even more emotional than usual. I was afraid to talk to him about it because I thought he might start bawling. At least there's one good thing about having a friend who gets freaked out more than you do. I realized I couldn't stay depressed. I had to set aside thinking about Bianca and keep going forward, the way Talia was doing. I wondered what she and Zoe were talking about in the front of the truck. The tow truck ran out of gas at the edge of a river canyon. That was just as well because the road dead-ended. Talia got out and slammed the door. Immediately, one of the tires blew. All right, great, what now? I scanned the horizon. There wasn't much to see. Desert in all directions. Occasional clumps of barren mountains plopped here and there. The canyon was the only thing interesting. The river itself wasn't very big, maybe fifty meters across. Green water with a few rapids but it carved a huge scar out of the desert the rock cliffs dropped away below us there is a path Grover said we could get to the river I tried to see what he was talking about and I finally noticed a tiny ledge winding down the cliff face that's a goat path I said so? he asked and the rest of us aren't goats we can make it Grover said, "I think. I thought about that. I'd done cliffs before, but I didn't like them. Then I looked over at Talia and saw how pale she'd gotten. Her problem with heights; she'd never be able to do it. And uh, no," I said, "I uh I think that we should go further upstream." Grover said, "But come on," I said, "A little walk wasn't going to hurt us." the Her eyes said a quick thank you. We followed the river about a half mile before coming to an easier slope that led down to the river. On the shore was a canoe rental operation that was closed for the season but I left a stack of golden drachmas on the counter and a note saying I owe you two canoes. We need to go upstream Zoe said It was the first time I'd heard her speak since the junkyard, and I was worried about how bad she sounded, like somebody with the flu. The rapids are too swift. Just leave that to me, I said. We put the canoes in the water. Talia pulled me aside while we were getting the oars. Thank you for that back there. Don't mention it. Can you really? She nodded to the rapids. You know, Uh, I think so. Usually I'm good with water. Would you take Zoe? She asked. I think uh, maybe you can talk to her. She's not going to like that. Please, I don't know if I can stand being in the same boat with her. She's, She's starting to worry me. That was about the last thing I wanted to do, but I nodded. Talia's shoulders relaxed. Okay, I owe you one. Two. One and a half, Talia said. She smiled, for a second I remembered I actually liked her when she wasn't yelling at me. She turned and helped Grover get into their canoe into the water. As it turned out, I didn't even need to control the currents. As soon as we got in the river, I looked over the edge of the boat and found a couple of naiads staring at me. They looked like regular teenage girls, the kind you'd expect to see in any mall, except for the fact that they were underwater. Hey, I said. They made a bubbling noise that might have been giggling. I wasn't sure. I had a hard time understanding naiads. We're heading upstream, I told them. Do you think that you could Before I could even finish, the naiads each chose a canoe and began pushing us up the river. We started so fast Grover fell into his canoe with his hooves sticking up in the air. I hate naiads, Zoe grumbled. A stream of water squirted up from the back of the boat and hit Zoe in the face. She devils! Zoe went for the bow. Hey, whoa, I said. They're just playing. Cursed water spirits. They've never forgiven me. Forgiven you for what? She slung her bow back over her shoulder. It was a long time ago. Never mind. We sped up the river, the cliffs looming on either side of us. "'What happened to Bianca wasn't your fault,' I told her. "'It was my fault. I let her go.' I figured this would give Zoe an excuse to start yelling at me. At least that might shake her out of feeling depressed. Instead, her shoulders slumped. "'No, Percy. I pushed her into going on the quest. "'I was too anxious.' She was a powerful half-blood. She had a kind heart. I... I thought she would be the next lieutenant. But you're the lieutenant. She gripped at the strap of her quiver. She looked more tired than I had ever seen her. Nothing can last forever, Percy. Over two thousand years I have led the hunt. And my wisdom has not improved. Now, Artemis herself is in danger. Well, look, you can't blame yourself for that. If I had insisted on going with her, you'd think you could have fought off something powerful enough to kidnap Artemis? There's nothing you could have done. Zoe didn't answer. The cliffs along the river were getting taller. Long shadows fell across the water, making it a lot colder, even though the day was bright. Without thinking about it, I took Riptide out of my pocket. Zoe looked at the pen, and her expression was pained. You made this. Who told thee? I had a dream about it. She studied me. I was sure she was going to call me crazy, but she just sighed. It was a gift and a mistake who was the hero i asked zoe shook her head do not make me say his name i swore never to speak it again you act like i know him oops you act like i should know him i'm sure that you do hero don't all you boys want to be just like him Her voice was so bitter, I decided not to ask what she meant. I looked down at Riptide, and for the first time, I wondered if it was cursed. Your mother was a water goddess, I asked. Yes. Pleione. She had seven... She had five daughters. My sisters and I. The Hesperides... Those were the girls who lived in the garden at the edge of the West, right, with the golden apple and a dragon garden in it. Yes, Zoe said wistfully. Laid on. But weren't there only four sisters? There are now. I was exiled, forgotten, blotted out as if I never existed. Why? Zoe pointed to my pen. Because I betrayed my family, and helped a hero. You won't find that in the legend, either. He never spoke of me. After his direct assault on Ladon failed, I gave him an idea of how to steal the apples, how to trick my father, but he took all the credit. But... (laughs) the naiad spoke in my mind the canoe was slowing down i looked ahead and i saw why this was as far as they could take us the river was blocked a dam the size of a football stadium stood in our path hoover dam talia said it's huge we stood at the river's edge, looking up at a curve of concrete that loomed between the cliffs. People were walking along the top of the dam. They were so tiny they looked like fleas. The naiads left with a lot of grumbling. Not in words I could understand, but it was obvious they hated this dam blocking up their nice river. Our canoes floated back downstream, swirling in the lake from the dam's discharge vents. Seven hundred feet tall, I said. Built in the 1930s. Five million cubic acres of water, Talia said. Grover sighed. Oh, largest construction project in the United States. Zoe stared at us. How do you know all of that? Annabeth, I said. She liked architecture. She was nuts about monuments, Talia said. Spouted facts all the time, Grover sniffled.
0: So annoying. I wish you were
1: here, I said. The others nodded. Zoe was still looking at us strangely, but I didn't care. It seemed like cruel fate we'd come to Hoover Dam, one of Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's, one of Annabeth's personal favorites, and she wasn't here to see it. We should go up there, I said. For her sake, just to say we've been. You are mad, Zoe decided, but that's where the road is. She pointed to a huge parking garage next to the top of the dam. And so, sightseeing it is. We had to walk for almost an hour before we found a path that led up the road. It came up on the east side of the river. Then we straggled back to the dam. It was cold and windy on top. On one side, a big lake spread out, ringed by barren desert mountains. On the other side, a dam dropped a- On the other side, the dam dropped away like the world's most dangerous skate park ramp. Down to the river, 700 feet below, and water that churned from the dam's vents. Talia walked in the middle of the road, far away from the edges. Grover kept sniffing the wind and looking nervous. He didn't say anything, but I knew he smelled monsters. How close are they? I asked him. He shook his head. Maybe not close. The wind on the dam, the desert all around us, the scent can probably carry for miles. But it's coming from several directions. I don't like that i didn't either it was already wednesday only two days until the winter solstice and we still had a long way to go we didn't need any more monsters There's a snack bar and visit a center talia said you've been here before i asked once to see the guardians she pointed at the far end of the dam carved into the side of the cliff was a little plaza with two huge bronze statues they looked kind of like Oscar statues with wings they were dedicated to Zeus when his Good grief! they were dedicated to Zeus when the dam was built Talia said a gift from Athena tourists were clustered all around them they seemed to be looking at the statue's feet what are they doing "'I asked. "'Rubbing the toes,' Talia said. "'They think it's good luck.' "'Why?' "'She shook her head. Mortals get crazy ideas. "'They don't know the statues are sacred to Zeus, "'but they know that there's something special about them.' "'When you were here last, did they talk to you or something?' "'Talia's expression darkened. "'I could tell she'd come out here, "'hoping exactly that. "'Some kind of sign from her dad. "'Some connection.' No. They don't do anything. They're just big metal statues. I thought about the last big metal statue we'd run into. That hadn't gone so well, but I decided not to bring that up. Let us find the damn snack bar, Zoe said. We should eat while we can. Gover cracked a smile. The, mm, the damn snack bar? Zoe blinked. "'Yes. What is funny?' "'Nothing,' Grover said, trying to keep a straight face. "'I could use some damn french fries.' Even Talia smiled at that. "'I need to use the damn restroom.' Maybe it was the fact that we were all so tired and strung out emotionally, but I started cracking up, and Talia and Grover joined in, while Zoe was just looking at us. "'I do not understand.' "'I want to use the damn water fountain,' Grover said.' And Tally was trying to catch her breath. I want to buy a damn T-shirt. I busted up and probably would have kept laughing all day, but then I heard a noise. Mm -hmm. The smile melted off my face. I wondered if the noise was just in my head, but Grover had stopped laughing too. He was looking around, confused. Did I just hear a cow? a damn cow Talia laughed no Grover said I'm serious Zoe listened I hear nothing Talia was looking at me Um, Percy you okay Uh, yeah I said you guys go ahead I'll be right in what's wrong Grover asked nothing I said I just uh, need a minute to think They hesitated but i guess i must have looked upset because they finally went into the visitor center without me as soon as they were gone i jogged back to the north edge of the dam and looked over Mm -hmm. Ah. she was about 30 feet below the lake but i could see her clearly my friend from long island sound bessie the cow serpent i looked around There were groups of kids running along the dam, a lot of senior citizens, some families. But nobody seemed to be paying Bessie any attention yet. "'What are you doing here?' I asked her. (sighs) Her voice was urgent, like she was trying to warn me of something. "'How did you get here?' I asked. We were thousands of miles from Long Island, hundreds of miles inland. There was no way she could have swum all that way, and yet here she was. Bessie swam in a circle and butted her head against the side of the dam. She wanted me to come with her. She was telling me to hurry. I I can't. I told her, my friends are inside. She looked at me with her sad brown eyes. Then she gave one more urgent, did a flip and disappeared into the water. I hesitated. Something was wrong. She was trying to tell me that. I considered jumping over the side and following her, but then I tensed. The hairs on my arm bristled. I looked down the damn road to the east and saw two men walking slowly toward me. They wore gray camouflage outfits that flickered over their skeletal bodies. They passed through a group of kids and pushed them aside. A kid yelled, Hey! One of the warriors turned his face changing momentarily into a skull. (laughs) The kid yelled, and his whole group backed away. I ran for the visitor center. I was almost to the stairs when I heard the tires squeal. On the west side of the dam, a black van swerved to a stop in the middle of the road, nearly plowing into some old people. The van doors opened, and more skeleton warriors piled out. I was surrounded. I bolted down the stairs and through the museum entrance. The security guard at the metal detector said, Hey, kid! But I didn't stop. I ran through the exhibits and ducked behind a tour group. I looked for my friends, but I couldn't see them anywhere. Where was the damn snack bar? Stop! The metal detector guy yelled. There was no place to go but an elevator with the tour group. I ducked inside just as the door closed. "'We'll be going down seven hundred feet,' the tour guide said cheerfully. She was a park ranger, with long black hair pulled back into a ponytail and tinted glasses. I guess she hadn't noticed I was being chased. "'Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, the elevator hardly ever breaks.' Uh, "'Does this go to the snack bar?' I asked her. A few people behind me chuckled. The tour guide looked at me. Something about her gaze made my skin tingle." with the turbines young man the lady said weren't you listening to my fascinating presentation upstairs oh sure yeah it's um is there another way out of the dam it's a dead end a tourist behind me said for heaven's sake the only other way out is the other elevator the doors opened go right ahead folks the tour guide told us another ranger's waiting for you at the end of the corridor I didn't have much choice but to go out with the group. And young man, the tour guide called. I looked back. She had taken off her glasses. Her eyes were startlingly gray, like storm clouds. There is always a way out for those clever enough to find it. The doors closed with the tour guide still inside, leaving me alone. Before I could think too much about the woman in the elevator, a ding came from around the corner. The second elevator was opening, and I heard an unmistakable sound. The clattering of skeleton teeth. I ran after the tour group through a tunnel carved out of solid rock. It seemed to run forever. The walls were moist, and the air hummed with the electricity and the roar of water. I came out on a U-shaped balcony that overlooked this huge warehouse area. Fifty feet below, enormous turbines were running. It was a big room, but I didn't see any other exit. Unless I wanted to jump into the turnbine... The turbines, excuse me. It was a big room, but I didn't see any other exit. Unless I wanted to jump into the turbines and get churned up to make electricity. I didn't. Another tour guide was talking over the microphone, telling the tourists about water supplies in Nevada. I prayed that Talia, Zoe, and Grover were okay. They might already be captured, or eating at the snack bar, completely unaware we were being surrounded. And, stupid me, I had trapped myself in a hole hundreds of feet below the surface. I worked my way around the crowd, trying not to be too obvious about it. There was a hallway on the other side of the balcony. Maybe some place I could hide. I kept my hand on Riptide, ready to strike. By the the time I got to the opposite side of the balcony, my nerves were shot. I backed into the little hallway and watched the tunnel I'd come from. Then, right behind me, I heard a sharp... Like the voice of a skeleton. Without thinking, I uncapped Riptide and spun, slashing with my sword. The girl I'd just tried to slice open yelped and dropped her Kleenex oh my god she shouted do you always kill people when they blow their nose the first thing that went through my head was that the sword hadn't hurt her it had passed clean through her body harmlessly you're mortal she looked at me in disbelief what's that supposed to mean of course i'm mortal how'd you get that sword past security i didn't wait hold on you can see it's a sword The girl rolled her eyes, which were green, like mine. She had frizzy, reddish-brown hair. Her nose was also red, like she had a cold. She wore a big maroon Harvard sweatshirt and jeans that were covered with marker stains and little holes, like she spent her free time poking them with a fork. "'Well, it's either a sword or the biggest toothpick in the world,' she said. "'And why didn't it hurt me? I mean, I'm not complaining. Who are you?' And, whoa, what is that you're wearing? Is that made of lion fur? She asked so many questions so fast it was like she was throwing rocks at me. I couldn't think of what to say. I looked at my sleeves to see if the Nemean lion pelt had somehow changed back, but it still looked like a brown winter coat to me. I knew the skeleton warriors were still chasing me. I had no time to waste, but I just stared at the red-headed girl and then I remembered what Talia had done at Westover Hall to fool the teachers. Maybe I could manipulate the mist. I concentrated hard and snapped my fingers. You don't see a sword, I told the girl. It's just a ballpoint pen. She blinked. Um, no, it's a sword, weirdo. Hey, who are you? I demanded. She huffed indignantly. Rachel Elizabeth Dare, now, are you going to answer my questions, or should I scream for security? No, 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 I said. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in a hurry. I'm in trouble. In a hurry or in trouble? I Sort of both. She looked over my shoulder, and her eyes widened. Bathroom. What? Bathroom. Behind me. Now. I didn't know why, but I listened to her. I slipped inside the boys' bathroom and left Rachel Elizabeth Dare standing outside. Later, that seemed cowardly to me. I'm pretty sure it saved my life. I heard clattering, hissing sounds of skeletons as they came closer. My grip tightened on Riptide. What was I thinking? I'd left a mortal girl out there to die. I was prepared to burst out and fight. When Rachel Elizabeth Dare started talking in that rapid-fire machine-gun way of, of hers. Rab- in that rapid-fire machine-gun way of hers. Oh my god, did you see that, kid? It's about time you got here. He tried to kill me. He had a sword. For God's sake, you security guys let a sword-wielding lunatic inside a national landmark. I mean, jeez. He ran that way toward those turbine thingies. I think he went over the side or something. Maybe he fell. The skeletons clattered excitedly. I heard them moving off. Rachel opened the door. All clear, but you'd better hurry. She looked shaken. Her voice was gray and sweaty. Her her voice. (laughs) She got a sweaty voice. She looked shaken. Her face was gray and sweaty. I peeked around the corner. Three skeleton warriors were running toward the other side of the balcony. The way to the elevator was clear for a few seconds i owe you one rachel elizabeth Dare. what are those things she asked they look like skeletons she nodded uneasily do yourself a favor i said forget it forget you ever saw me forget that you tried to kill me yeah that too but who are you percy i started to say then the skeletons turned around gotta go what kind of name is percy gotta go i bolted for the exit the cafe was packed with kids enjoying the best part of the tour the damn lunch talia zoe and grover were just sitting down to their food we need to leave i gasped like now but we just got our burritos talia said zoe stood up muttering an ancient greek curse he's right look The café windows wrapped all the way around the observation floor, which gave us a beautiful panoramic view of the skeleton army that had come to kill us. I counted two on the east side of the damn road, blocking the way to Arizona, three more on the west side, guarding Nevada. All of them were armed with batons and pistols. But our immediate problem was a lot closer. The three skeletal warriors who had been chasing me in the turbine room now appeared on the stairs. They saw me from across the cafeteria and clattered their teeth. Elevator, Grover said. We bolted in that direction, but the doors opened with a pleasant ding, and three more warriors stepped out. Every warrior was accounted for, minus the one Bianca had blasted to flames in New Mexico. We were completely surrounded. Then... Grover had a brilliant, totally Grover idea. Burrito fight! he yelled, and he flung his guacamole grande at the nearest skeleton. Now, if you have never been hit by a flying burrito, count yourself lucky. In terms of deadly projectiles, it's right up there with grenades and cannonballs. Grover's lunch hit the skeleton and knocked his skull clean off his shoulders. I'm not sure what the other kids in the cafe saw, but they went crazy and started throwing their burritos and baskets of chips and soda at one another, shrieking and screaming. The skeletons tried to aim their guns, but it was hopeless. Bodies and food and drinks were flying everywhere. In the chaos, Talia and I tackled the other two skeletons on the stairs and sent them flying into the condiments table. Then we all raced downstairs, guacamole grandes whizzing past our heads. What now? Grover asked as we burst outside. I didn't have an answer. The warriors on the road were closing in from either directions. We ran across the street to the pavilion with the winged bronze statues, but that just put our backs to the mountain. The skeletons moved forward, forming a crescent around us. Their brethren from the cafe were running up to join them. One was still putting his skull back on its shoulders. Another was covered in ketchup and mustard. Two more had burritos lodged in their rib cages. They didn't look happy about it. They drew batons and advanced. Four against eleven, Zoe muttered, and they cannot die. It has been nice adventuring with you guys, Grover said, his voice trembling. Something shiny caught the corner of my eye. I glanced behind me at the statue's feet. Whoa, I said, their toes are really bright. Percy! Percy! Talia said, "'This isn't the time!' But I couldn't help staring at the two giant bronze guys with tall, bladed wings like letter openers. They were weathered, brown, except for their toes, which shone like new pennies from all the times people had rubbed them for good luck. Good luck. The blessing of Zeus. I thought about the tour guide in the elevator— her gray eyes, and her smile. What, what, what had she said? There's always a way for those clever enough to find it. Talia, I said, pray to your dad. She glared at me. He never answers. Just this once, I pleaded. Ask for help. I think, I think the statues can give us some luck. Six skeletons raised their guns. The other five came forward with batons. Fifty feet away. Forty feet. Do it! I yelled. No! Talia said. He won't answer me. This time is different. Who says? I hesitated. Uh, Athena, I think. Talia scowled like she was sure I had gone crazy. Try it! Grover pleaded. Talia closed her eyes. Her lips moved in a silent prayer. I put in my own prayer to Annabeth's mom, hoping I was right, that it had been her in the elevator, that she was trying to help us to save her daughter. And nothing happened. The skeletons closed in. I raised Riptide to defend myself. Talia held up her shield. Zoe pushed Grover behind her and aimed an arrow at a skeleton's head. A shadow fell over me. I thought maybe it was the shadow of death. Then I realized it was the shadow of an enormous wing. The skeletons looked up too late. A flash of bronze and all five of the baton wielders were swept aside. The other skeletons opened fire. I raised my lion coat for protection, but I didn't need it. The bronze angels stepped in front of us and folded their wings like shields. Bullets pinged off of them, like rain on a corrugated roof. Both angels slashed outward, and the skeletons went flying across the road.
0: Man, it feels good to stand
1: up, the first angel said. His voice sounded tinny and rusty, like he hadn't had a drink since he'd been built.
0: will you look at my
1: toes, the other one said. Holy Zeus, what were those tourists thinking? As stunned as I was by the angels, I was more concerned with the skeletons. A few of them were getting up again, reassembling, bony hands groping for their weapons. Trouble, I said. Get us out of here, Talia yelled. Both angels looked down at her. <laughs> Zeus's kid?
0: Yes. Can I get a please, Miss Zeus's
1: kid? An angel asked. Please? The angels looked at each other and shrugged. You could use a stretch, one decided, and the next thing I knew, one of them had grabbed Talia and me, the other grabbed Zoe and Grover, and we flew straight up, over the dam and the river, the skeleton warriors shrinking to tiny specks below us, and the sound of gunfire echoing off the sides of the mountain. And that is the end of our last chapter for the evening. What do y'all think? Thoughts, comments, concerns, I want to hear them. Especially about the very, very strange person we just met. What are you thinking? Because clearly that was odd, right? I am trying with all of my might to turn on the air conditioner. It won't. There we go very very strange who is this Rachel Elizabeth dare hmm and why can she see through the mist she's not demigod because Percy sliced her right she done got sliced she got sliced and if she were a demigod she would have gotten sliced by the sword celestial bronze right so what's her deal What's her deal? I will say she got a full name, first, middle, last, like we were filling out DMV paperwork. So clearly she's important in some way. But in all this, what clues do we have about this new person? We know A, she can see through the mist, B, um, she seems to have some sort of like, uh, I don't know if it's instincts necessarily, but she certainly knows like, okay, these skeletons are clearly not good news. Percy seems to be good news even though I don't know this kid's name yet um, and just sort of helps out immediately can definitely see through the mist definitely isn't like is isn't, it, it's sort of like outside of mythology almost in some way or has some special quality right because even like, like monsters are affected by celestial bronze half-bloods are affected by celestial bronze so she's not them thanks what on earth what on earth what's on earth all right now we're going to talk about this chapter a little bit what do y'all think um let's see let's see how the reviews are coming in talking about a, a possible retirement from someone uh let's see something about true sight perhaps interesting um Let's see. Um, Santa says, "Don't forget to thank Dad." Yeah, no kidding. Uh, a great ending to the chapter. I thought so. Yes, I think. Um, and and this sort of marks a development in Talia's relationship with her father, right? She's been here before. She came here and tried this exact thing some time ago. I think it was probably in that time, you know, before she gets to camp. I'm imagining a lot like Percy, where it's just sort of like flailing about looking for anything, looking for any connection. And she came here, and they apparently did nothing. But now it's a little different. Not only that, but there seems very possibly to have been the involvement of another god present, Athena apparently athena was around posing as a as a tour guide for this for the dam here now it it does seem like you know as it is sort of a monumental sort of achievement of architecture and such it seems sensible that she would be here but why here now we know that uh as per uh, apollo's uh information the gods aren't actually allowed to interfere with a human quest so this should have been off limits for athena but then again it should have been off limits for apollo as well we have gods breaking the rules and i think that goes back to kind of this this central theme that we've been talking about for quite a while the gods break the rules they're not great they're kind of (laughs) they're really difficult to deal with um but the gods are flawed, I would say, is is sort of like one of the big themes that we can p- start to pick up from this series. The gods are flawed, and especially as parents, they are flawed. Vane Howlett says, R.E.D., Rachel Elizabeth Dare, is something special. Sandra says, maybe she's something like Tyson? Interesting. Sort of a, yeah, a, a creature of some sort that um, is not demigod, but also not like a beast interesting inticana says yay That was a great read thank you sam i missed a few pj streams busy hosting my friend after eight years not seeing each other wow and planning my sister's bachelorette party so i'm a busy lady so i'm happy i can catch one of these streams live it's been so refreshing listening to pj live inticana it is wonderful to have you here We'll definitely be seeing more of Rachel. She's intriguing, and I want to know more. As do I, Antikana. Um, I want to see more of Rachel, and I want to see more of you, Antikana. I'm joking. Obviously, you got, uh, you got a lot going on. And frankly, I'm glad that you do. That's pretty cool. I hope the bachelorette party is going well, has gone well, went well, will go well. What would have gone well? I don't know. Uh, Kirphoff says Red could be someone who was sent to watch over them. In a way, yeah, you you, you might think so, but it would have to be sort of like one of these, these machinations of the gods, right? And we've seen how the gods operate before. Once again, this theme, the gods are flawed. Um, we don't see gods necessarily like very, very infrequently. Are they like, here's this help. It gets you exactly where you need to go. Here's what's going on. Let me just solve this for you. They don't really do that. And so um, most of the time, people like Percy often end up meeting their fate or meeting whatever the gods need of them simply by like hints and, and little clues and stuff. So if Rachel is indeed here because she was sort of brought here to help watch over them, she might not even know it. She might not know why just some conspiracy of life brings her here to the dam on this particular day moonlight says but percy's mother is the same way right she's mortal and she can see them interesting interesting so maybe related in some different way that would be weird though how how would we find our way through that interesting but but yes yeah, some some in some other way graced with the ability to see through the mist Luis, have a fantastic night. I hope packing goes well. Uh, like I said, stay safe. We love you. I hope you have a good one. Rose says maybe she's a vessel or a messenger of some kind. Uh, yeah, maybe she's yeah maybe she's like some sort of construct who doesn't really even understand where she's at or why she's here. That would be interesting. A lot of interesting ideas here. Um, but yeah, all of this, back to that central theme, the gods are flawed. Um But maybe the gods are either trying to be less flawed. Well, I guess they're trying to be less flawed in some way. Because Talia has finally gotten a response out of Zeus. Didn't give her a response before. And frankly, now, I mean, while Talia is able to sort of siphon off a bit of Zeus's power with with, uh, some cool combat lightning tricks. At the same time, we, I mean, personally had a conversation with Zeus. As far as we know, Talia has not had a... Sorry, sorry. Although Percy also did have a conversation with Zeus, what I meant to say was, Percy had a conversation with Poseidon. He spoke to his father. One-on-one with Dad. Talia, as far as we know, hasn't gotten any such thing. Turned into a tree years and years ago, and now she's back out and still nothing. You know, that, that time was kind of taken from her, but she's still, like, no better off than the D'Angelo's. That's not quite fair. I think, because I, I do think there's something slightly different about. I don't know. I mean, they, they are different types of, of emotional pain, but the D'Angelo's never have been claimed they haven't had as much time and I think that might be the only difference that would be the the, the way that I would say Talia really has had it worse but they have not had nearly as much time to sort of wonder and, and kind of anguish over this idea of well, why haven't I been claimed? who is it that's choosing not to claim me? Talia knows Talia knows and although, yes, she knows she is of Zeus Zeus has nothing for her Zeus offers nothing until right now and I think as we as we watch this relationship develop I think a lot of folks have said that you know characters are characters but I've I've seen an interesting writing trend sort of develop wherein certain authors have said really it's the relationships that are your characters you don't need to you don't uh, people get hyper focused on characters as the thing but there's kind of a writing movement that says relationships are the thing. They're the thing that that you should be paying your attention to, both as a as a as a well, it's a writing movement, so they talk about it as writers. But I think as readers, we can take a little bit of of interest in that as well, at the way that this this develops. I would love to see this. You know, I've apparently the term reduction is not very common, um, or it's not as common as I thought it was. Uh, I've got it in a couple of bios, various social media places like. I'm here to help you fall asleep or to reintroduce you to a book that you love or uh, to help you write that reduction. And by that, I mean a reduction for me in school was sort of like a um, one-page kind of condensation of the whole book. It would include a list of the major characters, who they are major plot points, some themes, some motifs, etc. Yeah, kind of a a summary. A summary was certainly part of it, but like a summary of the different elements of a story. And I would love to start seeing relationship webs on there and on on the line between each person, notes about that relationship. Maybe put it on the back of your next reduction, if any of y'all are even doing that stuff, because apparently other people aren't calling them that. Anyway. Um but there are kind of two options here with Zeus. Zeus is either shaping up as a father. We've got you know, we've got this this relationship developing between the two of them. Zeus maybe is recognizing that there is need now. I I I, I need to start acknowledging my daughter here. I had a daughter, I spent a long time not acknowledging her. I I did the kindness and I'm putting that in air quotes for anyone just what just listening to the audio of this the kindness of turning her into a tree so she could be safe once again in air quotes that's one option option B is this is a sense of sort of larger responsibility um, larger simply in the scale of the number of people not in importance but the I mean the activities of stopping a war are certainly big and if this is uh, you know just sort of similar to the Athena thing or the Apollo thing wherein they they sort of they have their own interests in the quest getting completed it could be that it could it could be more that Zeus is taking responsibility for the necessity of this quest than his relationship with Talia but one can kind of hope it's both, can't we? Anyway, y'all, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've had a fantastic evening as I have. Y'all are wunderbar. Jade says, My book report days are long over, but they don't need to be. That's what I'm saying. They don't have to be. They don't have to be. Who knows? <laughs> uh hobo says we can hope." thanks sam you are very welcome hobo glad you're here thanks for jumping over from youtube um and i hope you were enjoying uh i hope y'all will uh stick with me as i continue to edit Uh, i am plugging along Oh boy, I'm plugging along. It's a lot, but it will become less and less as I get to further and further books. Those are going onto Spotify. So if you're looking for episodes of this or episodes of Vintage Sidecar, um, really, I'm putting most of my work into Flying Sidecar for right now. So go ahead and search for that on Spotify. Um, You'll be able to find the audio versions there. Secondly, um, don't forget to head over to the Discord. As always, y'all, the Discord is where we do all of our chatting throughout the week. I just gave it a bit of a facelift with a bunch of emojis don't at me i'm a look i'm getting to boomer status i gotta i gotta stay connected somehow with the with the youths gotta stay connected with the youths somehow all right so y'all go check that out um and i'll be in there later tonight with a bit of discussion um on the on the percy jackson front but we talk about percy jackson in there we've still got the conversations up about harry potter we talk about our short stories uh, we have got um, a channel up for The Hobbit and murder on the Orient Express and then finally all of our tabletop RPG stuff it has been grand so head on over there and we just got a new thing there's a new thing in discord called threads which is like mm, oh you can uh, we can start new conversations and sort of like condense all of those all that that one topic into that one conversation so I suppose let me go ahead and start a new thread here for uh tonight's reading so, Uh, chapters 13 and 14 discussion boop I'm going to start a new thread 13 and 15, that's not it all right so head on over there, check those out. Uh, once you pop into the Percy Jackson channel, you'll be able to see where that is. So check it out, it's gonna be really interesting. As are our many um, uh, different projects coming up, we have, we're have we're gonna be doing a few more short story streams for Vintage Sidecar, uh, before which time, uh, before, oh good grief. We're doing a few more Vintage Sidecar streams uh, in the short story format before we head on to murder on the orient express and then once again folks don't forget head on over to that uh that uh book fair channel and give me your suggestions